Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. I'm a feminist, but when I was in my first ongoing casual sexual relationship in my late 20s <laughs> and the fellow I was sleeping with started actively flirting with another girl in front of me and setting her up for the next night <gasps> in front of me. No. What I didn't say was, you are not honouring a basic code of casual sex and leave. I thought... Well, next time we do this, there's no socialising beforehand, that's for sure. Straight back to his house. Mmm, that'll teach him. I'm a feminist, but earlier, when talking about adopting babies backstage, someone said, you'll be able to get them on Amazon soon. 
And 100% of me went, that'll be cool. And no percent of me went, that's not moral and where are the babies coming from? (laughs) I lit up. I was like, that would be awesome. Because then you just get one at the right time, order it, you can see what's coming. Did you imagine... You don't like it? Would you imagine that you could get them at different ages? Or just like babies, that's it? You know, like sometimes you could say, get an 18-year-old. And just say, oh, my baby's moving out of home. And you get, like, you get all the maternal love of a child leaving, but none of the 18 years of responsibility. That would be good. I'd like to raise a child for three months a year. So I'd like... Like a summer house. Yeah. I'd like to do between zero and three months, send it back. A year and 15 months, because that's another adorable age. No, I mean, zero to three months, send them. They can learn to sleep somewhere else, please. No, 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 no. Yes, and then when they get three months, that's when they start, like, making faces and communicating and, like, mimicking. Is this your baby or mine? I've got my own baby fantasy. I want the the newborn experience. Edit that out. I've got my own baby fantasy. You'll have the police on your door. You're not in it. Three months a year every year. That way you bond long term. Because we've had massive abandonment issues in between. (laughs) Oh, blah, blah, blah. They don't call it a fantasy because it's real life. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but I really liked it when my fiancé sung to me, you're a super fly hoe. (laughs) And I thought, yeah, I am a super fly hoe. I'm a feminist, but tonight when I was eating in the theatre cafe before the show, a stranger sent a drink over to my table. And I knew it was a fan of The Guilty Feminist and was thrilled and touched. But in my head, I pretended it was from Dan Draper (laughs) and imagined him dropping his room key on my table and just walking by. (laughs) I mean, that tells us where our different heads are because I'm like, Rohypnol. (laughs) Someone's drugged your drink, don't drink it, babe. Have you learnt nothing from the ads? In my fantasy, I ordered an old-fashioned, because that's what Don drinks. Obviously. But in reality, I ordered a Diet Coke, because I had to do a show. (laughs) All right. I'm a feminist, but (laughs) when a man called me a fucking idiot on Twitter, I was just really grateful that he didn't use gendered language. (laughs) Every time, every time I get abuse online, I'm like, oh, he didn't call me a bitch. Thank you. Thank you for treating me like an equal. Thank you for using the same aggression you would to a man. That's what feminism is about. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but right now, on this stage, I'm imagining what it's like to have in my hand Don Draper's room key. (laughs) That voice was too sexy for me. I did not feel comfortable sitting next to you in public while you used a slow, sensual tone. I'm going to do the rest no, of the show. No, don't. Oh, my God. I, that is not good for my confidence. I love you as a friend, but I have no sexual interest in oh you. Oh, my God. Don't say that in front of all these people. There's no need Sorry, for that. Sorry, I want to fist you. What do you want me to say? There is no need for either of those extremes. I had to go somewhere with it. Live from Warwick Arts Centre, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with Deborah Francis White and guest co-host Felicity Ward and very special guest Angela Clark talking about Fabulous. <laughs> this is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. 
All right, so our theme for tonight is fabulous. And that's why Felicity Ward and I look so fucking fabulous. I would never dress like this usually. We've made efforts. Indeed. There was a little part of me, a little part of my head that when I came out, people would go, oh, isn't she fabulous? And, and they, you didn't. They were like, yes, that's a person. I think I upstaged you by wearing a hat that says in red feathers, feminist. Yeah, and also they're here to see you. No, no, that's not true. I think pretty much if you'd come out in a spangly leotard that had said, fuck the patriarchy. Oh, now you're talking. Yeah, absolutely. I actually own a leopard print leotard that has external shoulder pads and it has a tail on it. And when I first met my fiancé, I was DJing in that outfit I was having the night of my life and there was like hundreds of people and I'm DJing and this hot guy comes up and I'm like, well, if you don't want me now, this is as good as it gets, mate. <laughs> uh, we're talking about, as feminists, when do we feel fabulous? How do we feel fabulous? When are we allowed to be fabulous? Sometimes I think there's a feeling in feminism that you sort of should be dowdy and you shouldn't be femme. There's a very difficult dichotomy, I think, between the industry of like beauty and capitalism mm. and how that is very anti-feminist. Mm. But also, I just like to feel pretty sometimes. Absolutely. And I think it's where it's self-expression as opposed to conformity. Because some people's self-expression is expressed in a, like a stereotypical femme way and that shouldn't be derided because it's not stereotypically masculine. You know when little girls want to dress up as Spider-Man and everyone goes, my little girl wants to be a superhero... And your little girl wants to be a princess. So mm. I think we know who's won feminism. <laughs> Me. I've trained my daughter to be feminist. God, but actually, we... Spider-Man isn't better than a princess. And to be fair, princesses are way more fabulous. Is all I'm saying. I've so... never looked at a Spider-Man outfit and gone, fabulous. No, exactly. Except on Pride. And I was like, that is actually very <laughs> yeah, fabulous. Sure. So it's, when is it inflicted upon us as a piece of conformity and we feel like, oh, God, I've got to make all this effort, which isn't feminist? And when is it derided? So it's, I think the question tonight is, how are we fabulous? How is that a genuine, authentic piece of self-expression for each and individual woman or man? And when do we allow ourselves to be fabulous and allow our fabulousness to come out of the box? Just can I quickly ask, is anyone wearing a feminist T-shirt? So I, I like to... Yes? Ooh. What's your T-shirt say? A man of quality is not threatened by a woman of equality. Ah. Very nice. Very nice. A man of quality is not threatened by a woman of equality. Mm. But now equality, the way I've said that, sounds like sort of chocolates you'd get via email. <laughs> It sounds like someone tried to come up with a cool name in the 90s for the internet. You know, when they were like, I'm going to go and surf the web. You know, people that are still yeah. using that, like, no one's surfing it anymore, mate. No. Well, we don't surf it anymore because we live on it. I would say I more surf my real life now because that's where I'm less comfortable. Not super comfortable with, you know, human beings with eyes staring at me. I'm not saying that the internet is more important than you people here. But I am saying... <laughs> I'd be talking to you in the front row. What's your name? Harriet. Harriet. I'd be talking to Harriet in the front row. But secretly, I'm looking down. And I, if I see one of those little messages on Facebook come through, I don't give a fuck. Harriet could be talking about anything. Yeah. Harriet could be telling me she's currently building a school for disenfranchised girls in Colombia. And I'd be going, but I've got th I have got three Facebook messages now. Fuck. Don't check it. I, I was looking at something on the internet the other day. Don't want to brag. And um, <laughs> have used Google. And... 
I was trying to write this uh, stand-up and about how, like, we sponsor lots of sports events with alcohol, right? Yeah. It's legal, but it kills so many people. I feel like we need to go one way or the other. We either ban using alcohol as a sponsorship or we get, like, guns to sponsor things. And, <laughs> and I was looking for other things that were legal that are harmful. And so I was on the internet going, are guns legal in the UK? Is hydrochloric acid legal in the UK? I wonder if bombs... I'm like, Felicity, delete history, babe. It's a hot time right now. You cannot write this joke. The police will actually come and knock on your door. They're watching you all of the time, Felicity. And I, I mean, mean, I'm a bit lonely. I probably appreciate the company. <laughs> I do mean, someone. I do mean especially you, because there's things that went down at Latitude that year. So we're going to bring our guest on first... And then we're going to use our challengers as fodder. So our guest is the wonderful author of the Social Media Murder series. She's formerly from the fashion world, and now she is a fabulous spokeswoman for those with EDS. It's Angela Clark. No, it's absolutely fine. We've got our phones with us. We've got loads of notes on there. Our phones are now notebooks now, aren't they? And you have things on there that you just need. Like social media. Yeah. That's why I have it. You're not going to live tweet, are you, while you're up here? I could live stream. No, No. I'm not. It's all right. No. (laughs) There's no need for that. I just have attachment issues and I can't leave it further than two metres away from me. Like a baby? Yes. That you could get on Amazon. Yeah. (laughs) Also, like a baby, you know your own ringtone, don't you? I'm not saying a baby has a ringtone, but it has a... Do you get PTSD when someone else's ringtone is your alarm? Oh. You know when someone else, they're like, oh, my phone's ringing. You're like, oh, it's six o'clock in the morning. I'm going to miss my plane. Oh, no, no, it's all right. It's okay, it's okay. I will now. So you used to be in fashion. I did. You're a crime writer now, but you also have EDS. Could you just explain what EDS is? It's a degenerative connective tissue disorder that causes chronic pain, chronic fatigue, and means I dislocate shit all the time. You dislocate shit all the time? Yes. <laughs> or do you mean joints? Joints, yeah. She walks past just piles just of shit and they fall out. onto the ground in pieces. It falls out. My so, shoulders fall out, my jaw falls out. My. What th- happens when your jaw falls out? It's really fucking annoying because you can't eat. For how long? Well, until they get it back in. How long does that take? Depends how many drugs they've given me. Okay. Wow. <laughs> do you think that the world feels disabled people can't be fabulous. Do you, have you yes. felt a shift in yes. your ability to be fabulous? Yes, 100%. I tell you what, I have a lot because um, my condition is largely invisible. I do sometimes have to use walking sticks, but I sometimes don't and I can move around, but I find stairs difficult and I can't lift anything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I will go to venues and I will say, well, can I use the lift or could I please have the key for the disabled toilet? And I will get this look. Hmm. If you're listening at home, that's not an approving look. It's not a good look. (laughs) And it's usually accompanied with, and what actually is wrong with you? And the thing is, is that you see them do it. You see them go, okay, right, so you've got like, you know, nicest hair and you're wearing a dress from Zara and you're wearing nice shoes and you're young and you seem reasonably, you know, healthy and you're dressed up. You don't look like a Dickensian sort of throwback. You don't look like you're a victim. And so you can't possibly... Where are the splints? Exactly. You can't possibly be disabled because in people's minds, that's what people think. You should look sick. Mm. And I don't look sick. Unfortunately, you look fabulous. Yeah. When I met you today, you had a very fabulous walking stick. Yes, it's a William Morris one. Is it? It is a William Morris print on it. 
I had it specially made so that it matched the dress. <laughs> but I think that's fabulous. I think disabled people, we had Becca Bunce on and she was saying similar things. She said sometimes she feels like no one's expecting her to be a sexual being if oh, she's got yes. a walking stick or if she's got a walking frame or sometimes she has to be in a wheelchair. And she said people just don't, they think you're not a sexual being or you can't be a sexual being. It's because all the sexy ladies bounce. Like, if you watch all the adverts, you know, when it's all sex, sex sells, whatever it is, whether it's yoghurt or sanitary towels or tenor ladies, it's all ladies jumping. Because that is apparently the equivalent of sex. That is the, yeah, that's the female mating ritual. This is what I've learned. It's jumping. That's how you get a man. You jump, you bounce. And if you can't... I wish I'd known that when I was younger, actually, because I could have... That's why kangaroos have so many joeys. I would, just like, <laughs> I would just like to point out that Felicity's... Is it your Instagram picture or your profile? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah or Twitter the or something. Instagram profile picture is her literally jumping. She is... See, she's got all her sex oh, out there. I have fucked so many people. <laughs> Mostly while in the air. I, I don't think I look good jumping. I'm not one of life's jumpers. No one looks good jumping. No, so you do. No, no. Yes, so you do. Babe, Both babe, of us are going to jump right now and this audience will let tell you. me finish. Who... Excuse me, please. <laughs> no, so that photo shoot, I had to jump in the air for about an hour to get a shot where I didn't look like I was falling or had been in an accident and hurt myself <laughs> quite badly and it was a comeback shoot, it was so hard. And if you get the body right, then you've got the face going, ah, ah, or just like one eye closed or you're worried that you're going to break your ankle when you land. So it's very hard to get that shot. And I have done, I did years of dancing when I was younger, so that also helped. I think I look heavy when I jump. I think my landings... I think going up, I look good. I'm not going to lie to you. On the way up, you'd be impressed. But the landing, I look lumpen. That's lumpen. what I think. Lumpen. See, you, look, guys, you guys were like, no, it's not sexual to jump, and then you've spent a lot of time d- thinking discussing about how the you jump. look. How yeah, you, no, absolutely. How you look. Are you someone who would jump now? I can't jump. My physiotherapist says no high impact at all whatsoever. So we definitely did not see me run for the train earlier. Absolutely not. Indeed. Which brings me to my challenge, actually. So I'm going to tell you my challenge before we give away the end of the story. The thing is, I think I'm fabulous in context. Like I can go to a party and I can dress up and you know, but some days, honestly, I'm feeling a bit like I don't want to be noticed or I don't want to be looked at. And today I was feeling quite tired. I've been quite busy and I just thought I wanted to vote. And I decided that for my challenge, I was going to wear my feminist hat, which if you're listening at home, says feminist in feathers. So think of a fascinator that you might see someone at at a wedding or at the races, but in feathers it says feminist. And I thought, do you know what? I am going to go to the polling station in my feminist hat and I'm going to vote. And it's going to be clear that I'm voting for feminism and anti-austerity. So... I had to go to the train station and I was cutting it fine because I'm always late. And so I called a cab, like a black London cab, and the taxi driver came and I was going to take my hat box. (laughs) But the hat box is huge. And I took it out and I thought, actually, do you know the easiest thing to do is just wear the hat the whole time? So I put the hat on, went downstairs, got in the taxi, and I thought part of this challenge is not to apologise for it and not to go, oh, sorry, I'm just wearing the hat. I thought, no, I'm going to get in the cab and I'm not going to explain it. I'm not going to apologise for it. So I got in the cab, and if anyone says anything, I'm going to go, yeah, it's great, isn't it? That was part of the fabulous challenge. I don't think it's fabulous. You could be wearing the set of Copacabana. If you go, oh, sorry, it's not fabulous, is it? So I got into the cab and said to the taxi driver, I need to go to the train station, but could we stop at the polling station on the way? 
And I saw his face and I thought, if you don't ask, I'm not going to tell. I'm just going to ride this out, baby. So he takes me there and he says, oh, you know, we start talking about who he's going to vote for and who I'm going to vote for. And he says, oh, I think they're all as bad as each other. I don't know how I'm going to vote. And I'm trying to convince him to vote my way. I said, just pull up here. I'll just pop out. And just as I opened the door, he went, do you know you've got something on your head? (laughs) (laughs) And then he went, I suppose you do. And I went, yeah, I do. No, I know. I know I've got... He went, just as long as you know. (laughs) I was like, how the fuck did he think? Accidentally wearing a red feathered feminist hat. I would, oh fuck! Oh, am I? I would absolutely forget that. That's the kind of shit I would do at home, where I'm like, ah, oh, I remember that. Well, I don't want to put it away because I hate cleaning. I'll just stick it on my head, <laughs> and then I would answer the door to someone. That would absolutely happen. Sure, but I think if you're going to a polling booth at that point, surely. Anyway, it is very it's life's a feather. So I got out and I went into the polling booth just with enormous confidence. And the man at the door, his face lit up when he saw me. It makes other people very happy when you wear a hat or something extravagant. It really does. It's just a little Welcome to, to London. <laughs> and um, it just takes a hat. That's all you need in London. They're like, I oh, feel hope. people would be very happy in Warwick, Coventry, any of the any anywhere. People are gonna be happy if you're wearing a red feminist hat. So I went and he beamed at me. He really smiled at me. And then I went and I had to queue up. So I'm standing in a queue and people are double taking a lot. People are like coming in and going, well, and I just think, ride it out, apologise to nobody. And everyone who stared at me, I just smiled at them and went, yep. Yes, I am a feminist. We're a lot of fun, yeah. actually. <laughs> more, more fun than you've been told, mate. Yes. <laughs> So I got to the top. Note that they didn't ask me. They ticked my name off and they didn't say, why are you wearing a red feminist hat? Nobody asked me. I went, I passed my vote. I came back out and the chap at the door who'd been beaming at me said, how did it go? And I went, I went, great, voted for Labour. And he went, good on you. And then he went, if we win, it's all down to you. And I went, what, what is it, the hat? And he went, it's everything. It's your whole aura. <laughs> and I just made me so happy. And then I jumped back in the cab convinced the taxi driver to vote Labour because he said he had two daughters and I said think of the NHS and he said look I haven't even told my wife which way I'm voting so I'm not going to tell you and I said well I'm going to tell my audience tonight that you are voting Labour (laughs) so please don't make a liar of me and as I got out of the cab I just kind of winked at him and looked at him and I could just tell in his eyes that he was (laughs) because I'd done a lot of strong convincing I felt that was part of the challenge but then I got into the station I was really late at this point so I was running through the station the guilty sweaty feminist (laughs) I was running through the station at that point I sort of did forget I had it on and I was running through the station and I saw people going like I was a superhero or something because I had like I was the I was feminist woman or something. to save the day. Exactly. She's going Running. to save the patriarchy. Exactly. Like, it's like, like the patriarchy is beating someone up down the other end and I have to run. And what a great and I image. Ran around the corner and got to the gate and I realised that the producer had my ticket and was already on the train. And I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I've got to make this train. At this point, Angela comes up. And, and I both... see in big red letters, feminist. I'm like, there, there, that's where I'm going. That's the one. So Angela and I get together finally and the man says, it's too late. We're like the train's just there and the doors are still open and he went hold on a minute what are your names and we said Angela and Deborah and he went oh I've got your tickets and it was like a magical thing had happened wasn't it because it of feminism he knew because of the hat so then we ran through running to the train and he was going you've got to take your tickets and I was like just keep running because <laughs> I thought if we go back we're going to miss it so we jumped on the train and then he held the train up ran up and passed our tickets through Finally, we got there and we sat down and it was at that point I thought, do you know what, I'm going to keep the hat away now. I feel I've done my challenge. But I would recommend it 
a fabulous hat. Just go around in it. It makes everyone else happier. And it did make me feel more powerful. I really think it did. It stopped trains. It stopped a train. It stopped trains. It's true. It's like a Superman hat. It is. Girl, woman. It is. Wonder Woman. It's like a Wonder Woman hat. It stopped a train. It's like a superhero hat. (laughs) Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Put your hands together and welcome to the stage, Deborah francis White. Sometimes I have tried to be fabulous and I've thought the fashion industry is fabulous and I don't really belong there but I want to sort of be able to play as if I can. I had a little dip into the fashion industry. It was a few years ago and I was doing a lot of these corporate things where I go into businesses and work with women in business and I was sent off and sort of schooled in how to dress and I ended up in a very, very posh shop in London because I could only afford to buy one of these dresses, but I thought, I'll wear it with a variety of jackets um, and I'll always sort of have this fabulous dress and I'll take it with me and I'll feel fabulous in it. So I went in to this very fabulous shop and I bought myself one basic black dress, but it had a lot of flary shape to it and I was very, very pleased with it. Now, this shop was so posh that the zip on the dress went round a corner. It's truly, truly, it sort of bent around, and that was to take into account the folds of the fabric. I was a size 16, probably, at the time, so there was only one dress in the shop that fit me, and I bought this dress. I'd had this fabulous experience, and I went home, and then the zip broke because it went round a corner, and it was like the second time I'd worn it. Now, the dress fit perfectly. Please don't think the dress didn't fit. I feel like some of you were thinking, well, the dress didn't fit. And the dress did fit. Don't think it didn't fit. If any of you were thinking that, it did fit. Some of you were still thinking, yeah, but it didn't fit. You're wrong, it did fit. I can show you photographic evidence that it did fit. I haven't got it here, but I will tweet you direct message to show you that it did fit, because I took pictures so everyone would know it did fit. The reason that it was the zip went round a corner, and that's a difficult zip to... So I I rang up the shop and said, could I have another dress, because you get one from another shop. They said, oh, no, literally, there's one size 16 in the whole of the United Kingdom. But they said, if you bring the dress in... We will take it to our special tailor. That tailor will repair the special zip that goes around a corner. It'll all be fine. So I took it back into the shop and they said, come back in a week and it'll be fixed. A week later, the shop was shutting at 6.30pm and I, because I'm always late, arrived at 6.28pm, raced up to the door and said, is it too late? Is it too late? They said, no, 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 no. It's fine. Come in because tonight we're having a special fashion night for all the fashion press, because we're launching our new season, and so all the fashionistas are in. So actually, it's fine, and you should try it on, and we should make sure the zip works. So I went into the fitting rooms, and I tried it on, but I couldn't get the zip to go around the corner. Now, it wasn't because it didn't fit. It did fit, and that's key to the story. It fit like, like a glove. If anything, like a slightly loose glove. But... 
I found it hard to get it going the corner. They said, no, no, the first few times when you do a corner zip, it, it does, so you've got to, she said, lady said, come out, come out, I'll sort it out and I'll help you. So I came out and there was no one there yet. There was just some black tie waiters going around with, you know, sort of champagne trays and things like that and people were sort of fluffing the clothes. And the lady said, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. I'll just get it to go up. So she starts heaving the zip up and sort of starts going, oh, oh, and it did fit. <laughs> and it was just, she was going, no, I've just got to do it a few times to get it up. I promise you this is fine. And as she was standing there, me, a size 16 in the middle of the poshest sort of fashionista shop in the world, as I'm standing there in the middle with a lady heaving me into a dress, the fashionistas start to come in. They just all arrive at exactly the same time. At like 6.35, they just come on fucking mass. And suddenly, I am surrounded on all sides by women who, and men, who would have to walk around in the shower to get wet. I'm standing there with a woman going, no, it'll fine, it'll fine, it will fit, it will fit, heaving me into a size 16 black dress. And I was like, looking around at the fashion people going, it does fit, it does fit, it's not that it doesn't fit, it definitely fits. And they were all just sort of walking by like I was just nobody and nothing to them. I think some of them were irritated to have me in their space as a woman heaved me into a dress because that's not what they'd been promised when they were coming to this event. They'd been promised something glamorous and I wasn't it. It was like... Do you know that dream when you're naked at school? If somebody had said, you can be here right now in the West End, surrounded by fashionistas with a zip that won't go up in a dress, or you can be on your first day at senior school naked, I would have happily been zapped back, back to the future style. It was so like a dream, my teeth actually started to fall out. (laughs) It was the worst possible thing that could happen. Finally, she got the zip up. That's because it did fit. And she said, oh, do you want to take it off now? I said, no, it's fine like it is. And I just left as a tray of canapes. They only had one tray of canapes. Do you know why? Nobody had a fucking thing. They had one tray of canapes, which they circulated for an hour and a half. At the end, not one canapé was gone. It was honestly... I think they were lacquered. They just kept them out every time. I left the shop... And I thought, I don't think I'm going to go back to a shop like that again. I've got one good black dress now. The rest of it can come from H&M. But then, a couple of years later, I had to go to a red tie event. It was like, uh, not a red tie, but a red carpet event. I had to go to a red carpet event. It was an award ceremony. And the same shop, because I was nominated for an award, I don't want to go on about it, um, <laughs> said that they would lend me a dress. You know when sometimes they'll lend you a dress for a, red tie, red car- a black tie, red carpet? If you think it's red tie, black carpet, then you shouldn't be going. And that's very much the point of this story. So they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll sort you out, we'll sort you out, because, you know, I'm on the mailing list and, and they remembered me. And, uh, and so I went down. Now, I was invited to another shop, the same designer, but it was another shop that I didn't know existed. You have to be invited there. It's an invitation-only shop. And that's because it's for red tie, black carpet events. <laughs> and I rang the bell, and this very beautiful Frenchman came out, and he said, oh, Deborah, yes, we are very happy to have you here. And then he took me down to a basement, which was just full of these beautiful mannequins with all these creations and bits of silk. Sometimes there are such glamorous, fabulous women, and they don't wear clothes. They just wear, like, a bit of silk. It's like they're draped. And you think, how is that staying on? And it, honestly, it's staying on with the glue of fabulous. It's just, they're just too glamorous for it to fall off. But the Frenchman, he said, no, I am going to dress you in a dress. This is how he talks, honestly. I can give you his number. He went, I'm going to dress you in a dress, Deborah. And every time he said my name, I got a, a small orgasm. And 
I'm going to address you in a dress, Deborah, a dress that is telling the story of your whole life to date, and a dress that will tell you the promise of everything that is to come. When you walk through the door, people will see the story of you as in the rearview mirror, but also the story of you as in going forward. From the time that you have won this award and you have it in your hand, to the next time, the next time, the next big moment, the next big love affair, the next beautiful painting you paint, the next wonderful thought that you think. And I was like, yes, that's the dress I want. <laughs> and he said, and then I'm going to give you a perfume to go with the dress. This is a perfume, a French perfume, a perfume that will let people know that you are still in the room even after you have left. <laughs> I was like, yes, I want that perfume. And he said, and shoes, I'm going to give you shoes, shoes that do the walking for you so you can float. I was like, yes, yes, I want all this. And he's dressing me like I'm a doll and I'm fucking loving it because I'm a feminist, but I don't give a fuck at this point. I mean, this man is French and he's offering me all of the glamour, all of the fabulous that I could possibly be offered. And it was at this point that Kate, who was the original woman who'd been hoisting me into the dress with a zip that went around the corner, walked past and she went, oh, you look so fabulous now. She said... You've lost so much weight. You look so fabulous. And then she went, everything fits you now. The whole world fits you now. She actually said those words. I've not fictionalized that. The whole world fits you now. And I just took a breath because I thought, do you know what's really fabulous? It's not when the whole world fits you, but it's when anything you are fits the whole world. So fuck you, fashion. I'm fabulous just the way I am. Thank you. Hello, Guilty Feminist. It's Deborah Francis-White from The Guilty Feminist, briefly interrupting your podcast pleasure to let you know that I'm on tour in Australia and New Zealand. All of the shows have sold out now except Auckland Town Hall on the 29th of October at 5pm. I will be there live and in your face doing The Guilty Feminist with Rose Matafeo. Please come along and come say hi in the bar afterwards. Also, if you are in London, I will be at King's Place doing Global Pillage on the 5th of November at 4pm and the 18th of November at 4pm. Come be in the hive mind. Comedians you can see there will include Athena Kublenu, Bisha Kayali, Francesco De Carlo, David Badil. Come say hi in the bar afterwards as you're in the show. You're the hive mind. I'd also like to tell you about our project, Guilty Feminist Loud Voices. We commissioned four writers to write half our audio sitcoms. And I wanted to tell you this week about Avery Edison's sitcom, which is called Breaked. It's about love, life, being transgender, mental health, mothers and university. It's incredibly funny. And the cast includes Avery Edison, me and Susan McComa. Give it a listen at loudvoices.libson.com. Loudvoices.libson.com. Libson is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. That's Breaked by Avery Edison. Check it out and let us know what you thought. We'd also like to let you know we've raised so much money for the Dahlia Project and Layla is so thrilled. We're nearly at our target, so if you haven't given yet and you would like to, go to guiltyfeminist.com forward slash Dahlia Project. That's D-A-H-L-I-A Project. And you will be doing so much uh, for the mental and physical health of women in the UK who are victims of FGM. If you haven't donated or 
you have and you would like to contribute further, the Guilty Feminist Negotiation Special is £5. So it's a Guilty Feminist episode you haven't heard. It's absolutely brilliant. It's Athena Kablenu and me, and we are talking to Suzanne Williams, who is a negotiations specialist, and she negotiates to get hostages back. It's a brilliant, brilliant episode. It's £5, and if you download it this month... The month of October, all of the proceeds will go to the Dahlia Project. So it's a great way to get an extra episode with amazing content, but also support the Dahlia Project. If even a small amount of you did that this month, we would exceed our target for the Dahlia Project. If everybody did it, hurrah! So please go to guiltyfeminist.com and download the negotiation special. Thank you. Back to the podcast. What did you do for your challenge, Felicity? Here's the thing. I've done something where I've kind of I pussied out a little bit in that when I was doing my makeup for the show, I recorded it and I recorded putting on my makeup and the process of getting fabulous and I put that on Instagram and then I went to the toilet and I took like model shots of myself because I think, I don't know if other women do this, I presume that lots of other women have done this at one stage where you take like a shit hot photo of yourself, like just modelling out. Like just looking at the light, getting sparkly, hands on waist. Like. So I took a couple of those photos and then I've put them up as well. But I'm thinking this is what I wanted to do originally. What I wanted to do is I took a photo of myself, which I showed to you in the change room, and I just I chickened out of putting it on Instagram. And it's a photo of me and it's just in my bra and a pair of do you, what do you call them over here? Le- uh, like stockings. Stockings, yeah. Oh, oh sorry, tights. Tights, sorry. yeah. So they're tights and it's this really modelly photo. It's a photo that I quite like of myself, but I've been too nervous to put it up. Like I felt sick about putting it up. Because you thought the people show. would think you were showing off. Yeah, because I, I mean, I'm in a bra. It's not like I'm going, oh, I'm such a shy, wilting flower. Oh, I hope people don't judge me. Like, it's tits out. But I think it's a nice photo, so I think I'm going to do it now Yeah. while we're on it and I yeah. feel sick about it. No, go on, do it. Okay. Can right. some, what should I write underneath it? Because I think that should be the challenge. Or I can do a photo of me with chronic sunburn and no. No, that's <laughs> oh. not fabulous. No, no, do, it's the, do, not you, fabulous. do the sexy one. You look like a warrior. I just to feel what it's like. I mean, I just think oh, we, God, we feel... get too hung up on what people are going to think of us. Just to experience what it's like to put up something really sexy and fabulous. Just cheer if you've put up something <sighs> fabulous of yourself that's kind of a bit sexy. <laughs> put it, cheer it's if you've really... never done that. <laughs> cheer if you would like to. <laughs> okay. Everyone who would like to, get your phone out, find the yeah, sexiest selfie you've taken. Let's do it together. we'll all do it together. And tag the guilty feminist in it so tag we can all feminist. go, just, oh, just at the guilty feminist, yeah. hashtag fabulous. Oh, my God. I do not want to do this at all. I feel like such a showboat and I feel like it's – I'm put – here's the thing. Sometimes people who are in the arts world will put on a photo of them looking like – fucking smoky and sexy like they want to fuck their phone and they're like oh I wore the wrong hat today lol and you're like I know what you're doing so not to put a joke thing under this makes me very uncomfortable because I judge everyone else who doesn't including me no. I'd, what are you saying? That none of my photos are fabulous and sexy and smoky? <laughs> Jesus, no, I, I've been playing that game for ages. No, it's, it's heaps better. Oh, I don't think that I follow I, you oh, on Instagram. No, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think... Oh, this is worse. I know. I follow you. I don't famous, usually I don't really use Instagram that much. I do them on Facebook. Well, then I would see that. Well, I would... Yeah. If, I, if you use Instagram, I would use... In, look, can we talk about this off air, please? <laughs> oh, my God. All I right. To a party. Okay, have people got the photo ready? Got the photo. 
Ready? Gonna do it together? Are we gonna do it together? Don't go. Three, guys, we have to do... two, one. Pressure. Pressure. Ah! Can I see it? Oh, yes. That's oh, I hate it so much. <gasps> oh, it's beautiful. 66. Okay, if you now look at Felicity Ward. Oh, I hate it. Oh. Everybody <laughs> like it, so she gets like 400 likes. Delete it. Can you cope with this? Yes. Delete it. It's amazing. No. I, I think it's really good. <laughs> why they call it a challenge though it's why they call it well, a challenge that, this is the reason that I want to keep it up is because all of my other challenges I've sort of either done retrospective ones or they've been little ones and this does genuinely challenge feel, me feel big this yeah. feels very challenging but you know what you're a sexy glamorous woman it's an arty shot <laughs> I honestly think it's okay just to be okay be fabulous it's fabulous back. It's, no it's amazing I think it's okay to do it I don't, I don't have any problem with it I think we I should be confident when it comes to things like this I'm literally I'm literally have my tits out. No, but they're, they're great not. Tits and you look fabulous. <laughs> it's a bra. That's yeah, not your tits out. I mean, it's a very hefty bra. You can it's wear less sturdy. in the gym. I think you look like Wonder Woman. Oh God, I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating. We'll see how many likes you get, and please all like. <laughs> please welcome to the stage, Felicity Ward. Thank you. I associate being fabulous with fashion a little bit. And the thing is, I'm from a working class background and so it's always a show in fashion. Like if I go somewhere that has a lot of posh people, I just think they can smell my working class and I start to panic and I'm like, what do rich people talk about? Talk about limousines. And <laughs> they're like, oh, my waterbed and my clap-on lights and nobody... <laughs> Nobody believes that. And I love to think that I'm fashionable and fabulous. Everything I own is 100% cotton lycra and has holes. I think I have three holes in this one. This is 100% acrylic. Like, I am a fire hazard just walking around <laughs> under these lights. And um, I was thinking about models and I was thinking about what, you know, people call fabulous. And I was thinking about the... I'm sorry to use her name. Melania. I was thinking about Melania. And you've got it, like, whatever you think of her and what she's done with her life and continues to do with her life... You've got to hand it to her that she, she just treats every photo opportunity like a Vogue shoot. Like every moment is a Vogue shoot for her. And then I thought, imagine, that's her smile for the camera face. Imagine how frosty her who left the fridge door open face <laughs> is. I mean, winter is coming, all right. <laughs> I had this fantasy of like going to... Um, what Deborah was describing, going to like a posh place with lots of fashionable people and I'm sure that I would panic and I had this like this fake conversation in my head that someone came up to me and went, oh, I love your jacket, where's it from? And I panicked and went, oh, it's a La Creuset and then <laughs> they would say, isn't that cookware? I'm like, oh, sorry, I think I hear my and then I just run off. When I go out, I feel fabulous. When I dress up, I feel fabulous. But I think about the process of getting ready to be fabulous. And that's part of it. Like, part of being fabulous on the outside world is the process of getting fabulous. And a friend of mine said to me, why don't we go and get a pedicure? It'll be fabulous. And I had never had a pedicure before. And she said, it's very relaxing. You'll love it. Now, if you have any friends that tell you that a pedicure is relaxing, they're a liar and you need to get them out of your life. Um, <laughs> how do I say this? They shave your feet. <laughs> They shave, I know, they shave your feet with this razor peeler thing like I'm a monster or a carrot. And 
I don't know how you feel. I'm not a prude. I'm not a prude in any other way. But I think that shaving should be done privately. Shaving should be done indoors. Like, I don't shave my moustache in public, do I? No, I don't shave it. I bleach it. Um, That's a joke. That's my anus. So what I do... What they do, it's a fabulous asshole. What they do is you go in and you sit in a chair, great start, and then they wash your feet, which is beautiful. They bathe your feet like they did to Jesus before they killed him and they're they're relaxing and it's lovely and you don't know really what's about to happen and then you see the face of the lady who's about to do the pedicure. I don't don't know what they're called, a a, a pedophile. And they... (laughs) Her, you just see her face disappear below the horizon of your feet. You just see her eyes go down like the last sunset on hope. And what is replaced by her face is just a skin blizzard. It is a mountain of your foot skin just being thrown up in the air. She's like Edward Scissor's hands down there, like on an ice sculptor, just clackety, 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 clack. And then what they do is they paralyse you from the waist down. They render you paralysed by... They paint your nails and then they stick foam knuckle dusters in there just in case you try and make a getaway. And I don't know why anyone paints their nails in the UK anyway because the only time that it's hot enough to get your nails out is while you're in the shower. So I'm, I'm sitting there and then they come up to you and you've got the knuckle dusters in. They're like, oh, how is it? You're trying not to cry and you're like, it's the most beautifully shaven feet I've ever seen. And while I was getting this pedicure, I thought, I know why this is happening to me. I know there's a reason that this is happening to me. And it's because I made fun of my mother's feet when I was growing up. And anything that you do as a child that you think is disgusting about your parents, that is waiting for you. (laughs) That is waiting for you in your future. The other day I was in a chemist. I was asking for a pumice stone. I'm 36. She was a cleaner and she would come home and she would say, child... She wouldn't say child, she would say... <laughs> she was working class. She'd go, oi! And... You! And, um... Nah, the other one! And, um... And she'd say, darling, I've been cleaning all day. <laughs> I've been raising money for this household. She probably didn't lay it on this thick. And, and she said, would you give your mother a foot massage? And I would say, no. Your feet are disgusting. <laughs> and my angel baby hands will not be ruined (laughs) by those craggy, craggy cliffs that you're walking around on. (laughs) And now I have the craggy, craggy cliffs on my feet. And there's other things too. You know what else I do? I jazz up songs that don't need jazzing up. (laughs) Anything. Christmas carols are a favourite. How about Good King Wencellas? That's a popular one. Hey! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas carols in September, like a serial killer. Yeah, I'm doing the drum solos, because why would you leave silence when you can give people another opportunity to hate you. Actually, you do crime fiction, and that's quite fabulous. Why do you do crime? Because I think of everyone in crime fiction being femme fatale. Ooh, oh, um, do you? Because I get a lot of people, and it's usually in a panel, and it's usually when I'm being interviewed by a male, the, uh, the guys that are doing it, and they go, so you used to work in fashion, and you know, and you're quite, you know, girly. 
What on earth are you doing in writing about crime and all those bodies and blood? Like and a man. Uh, and I'm like, well, you know, being girly is actually quite dark. <laughs> I'm wearing another woman's hair as we speak right now in my hair extensions. And I Do you know her? Not you haven't killed her, have you? <laughs> this has taken a turn. I don't really know Angela. Method She's writing. Just, I've just met her for the podcast. So if she has killed a friend or family and is wearing that person's hair... And we don't and condone that skin. here at the Guilty Feminist. No. We do not How, condone murder. Why are you wearing murder. another woman's hair? I've got hair extensions in, and I use ethical hair extensions, which is where they're raised hair. on a farm. Yes, <laughs> and they're free fed, range. fed organically, free mm-hmm. range hair. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and they, they <laughs> lump around in little wigs. So <laughs> that is quite dark, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I'm wearing another woman's hair, and baby another, wigs another are called Merkins. Hair is attached to my head, yeah. and it makes for great pictures later in the evening when I've had a drink, and I take them out, and they end up kind of you know draped in glasses of wine and in the butter dish and things like that and it looks like a murder scene it's great wow I've never worn hair extensions because I have more hair than brains um How do you do it? Where do you... Can I ask? Mine are clipped in. So normally I look like a thumb with two pieces of cotton over the top. But because I like my photos to look nice, Mm -hmm. if I'm going to have my picture taken, I clip in all the hair that I can get hold of and wear it all. It's fabulous. It's great. But it's dark. I know exactly what you mean. I don't know if you've ever seen that Rachel Bloom song, the Sexy Getting Ready song. Oh, yes. um, Where she's putting on Spanx and she's sort of ripping stuff off with wax. And there is... the pain level as well. The pain of it. To get to look like that sort of stereotypical fabulousness you're absolutely right what would you like to see to be more fabulous for women who are disabled or ways that the world could accommodate disability more to make it a more fabulous world well there's lots of ways that they could accommodate it more to just make it more easy to get places um but look that's not gonna happen (laughs) accessibility clearly well yeah you can make a more glamorous entrance if you can get through the door and Mm -hmm. you don't have to go around the back entrance and up a lift and through a secret passageway absolutely but i think that it's about not being invisible and we assume that people who are disabled are invisible they kind of disappear from our sight and i think you should look at people in the face make eye contact and talk to them when you're talking to somebody who is disabled and if you are disabled don't feel like you have to disappear into the background fuck that wear whatever you want to me it's become like a badge of honor if i know i'm having a day where i have to use my walking stick i'm going to damn well make sure i'm going to put a full face of makeup on i'm going to wear a dress that i love i'm going to wear great shoes i'm going to get which are always trainers now um, <laughs> and i'm going to go out and i'm going to be like ah 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 You can't make me hide in the corner. You can't make me invisible. I am here. I have a voice. I have things to say. And I'm fabulous. Angela, do you have anything to plug? (laughs) A big hole in my heart. No. Um, (laughs) I bet that everybody makes that joke, don't they? No. No, no no one has ever... I've Ever literally never joke. heard it, Angela. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, you can buy my latest book in the social murder media series, which is called Trust Me, and it is themed on a live stream sexual assault, which has happened in real life, mm. that escalates. And if an account is closed down, how you find the perpetrators if you don't know who they are, where they are, and things like that. And I should say that all of my books explore kind of the ways in which misogyny has crossed over with social media and the ways that social media has given us new ways to be awful to women. Hooray! Hooray! 
fact, I have two young female protagonists who are completely badass and I never do anything that is sensationalist or dirty in that way. I just try to make people think about things in a different way. I took one of my books actually into prison, into a male category B prison the other week and they read it and that one is about, it's called Watch Me and it's about Snapchat. So it's the idea that you could send a note that disappears that after you view it once, you know, kind of thing. And there's a revenge porn theme that runs throughout it where young girls' accounts are hacked and their photos are lifted without their knowledge and shared. And it was wonderful because I had these kind of literally hardened criminals sitting there going, I never really thought about it, you know, from that point of view before. I never really thought, you know, when you're looking at like a a nice girl, you know, you get shown a picture or whatever. I never really thought that like she might not want that picture out Mm. there. And that like really made me, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. And I was like, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Oh. If Tell no, your friends. If, yeah. If can nobody, I come into a, I'd love to come into a prison with you and do some creative writing and stuff. If you're ever wanting a kind of buddy... Yes, please do. ...to you come into prison with you. You probably can't wear the hat. Not because of the feminism thing, but it could be used as a weapon. Uh, I feel, I could feminism smuggle is a weapon. I, hey! <laughs> all right. I reckon we should use the time we don't have for a photo shoot... Where we're going to all pose in a fabulous way. Yes. Anyone else who wants to take pictures, after we've taken two or three, if anyone wants to jump up and have a picture with us with a fabulous pose, you're very welcome. Okay. Ready? Ready? Don't bite. Don't be to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, Jessica Host, Felicity Ward, and our very special guest, Angela Clark. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp. Music was by Mark Hodge. The producer was Tom Selitsky for the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Tony and Hannah at PBJ Live and everyone at Warwick Arts Centre as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. You're, you're nearly married, aren't you? Nearly. I'm nearly working this microphone stand too. How did you get it out of the well, thing? Well, I pulled it out, but what happened oh. is I can't put it back now because the clip just flew off into oh. the audience. Somebody's got a souvenir. I want my clip oh, to there. come off. What if I just pull it through? I'm, this is riveting podcast listening, no doubt. <laughs> How do I can pull the microphone card through? I'm feeling fairly confident we're going to edit all of this out. No, this is gold. Leave it in, Deb. This is all the good stuff. I'm feeling it's all going. Hi, I'm Sophie Hagen. You may know me from such things as co-hosting episode 1 to 29 of The Guilty Feminist. I'm just here to let you know that I'm on tour of the UK and Denmark with my brand new stand-up show Dead Baby Frog, which is about emotional abuse. 
My whole tour is anxiety safe. It has gender neutral toilets and disabled access all around. Go to sophiehagen.com to find out what I mean by that, to find out where I'll be and to get tickets. And while you're there, sign up for my newsletter. And why not listen to my new project, The Made of Human Podcast. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.